The Mets dropped two out of three at City Field to the abysmal Nationals over the Labor Day weekend before a rainout on Monday. Is it time, Figgy, to enter Panic City with the NL East lead now down to just one game? Dun, dun, dun. We break down the favorable schedule ahead and reinforcements on the way and debate whether the Mets will hold off the powerful, powerful Braves. The Braves just are not losing. We'll talk about it with our special guest, New York Post Mets beat writer Mike Puma. All that and a whole lot more. It's coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Queens to go. Mets take the field. So amazing. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They no, teased they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweep. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't. Talk to talk and not walk to walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside former Met Nelson Figueroa. Follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True at Jake Brown Radio at Figgy and why Andrew Hart's here alongside of us on a Labor Day. Happy Labor Day, everyone. We are laboring our way through the day indeed as everyone's getting crunk today, except for us. We are sober and working. And Figgy, I got to say, two great purchases I have. This shirt, Buffalo Exchange Special, is a Sandlot little tribute. And then this Mets Willits Point Station behind me for 45 bucks. I got at a street festival in Astoria today. A couple of nice buys, wouldn't you say? Uh, not bad. You've done worse. I can tell you that. It's no home run crunch. Uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I think it's time to start spending your money wisely, Jake. Yeah, unfortunately, that <laughs> has not uh, happened any of my years of my life. Uh, the Mets didn't spend their money wisely at the trade deadline. And in some ways, it's hurting them right now. A rough weekend pun was not intended there, but it worked pretty well when I said a rough weekend. Wow. Listen, the highest of highs, you go out and beat the Los Angeles Dodgers two out of three games. You show them who's boss. You play Timmy Trumpet live at City Field. You nearly sweep the damn series. Everything is good. Everything is grand in the words of the Muppet movie. And then the weekend comes along. Friday's gray. Oh, national. We'll sweep these bums. We'll sweep these bums out of town. Saturday comes and then Max Scherzer leaves the game after five innings. The bullpen implodes in the ninth inning. They lose 7-1. Sunday comes along. Cookie comes back and he implodes. And the Mets lose 7-1 again. They lose a series to the last place Nationals. And a lot of fans on Twitter, Figgy, are panicking. I'm not going to be one of them. I'm not one of them. It's a new year, new me, new owner, more positive Jake. I'm not worried yet. It's The lead is still a game. They're still in first place. 
and they get the pathetic Pirates. And I know the Nationals are pathetic, too. But you have winnable games ahead, and then you have the Marlins, while the Braves will have to go out west. So listen, not time to panic yet, Mets fans. Figgy, do not panic. Mets fans, do not panic until this lead is relinquished and they are in second place, either a half a game back or worse. This team hasn't shown us reasons to panic. Everyone wants to say same old Mets. Look what happened last year, every year in the past. This is a different team, Figgy. They have a different manager and they have still not lost three days in a row. Now that couldn't come to fruition because Monday was rained out. But Figgy, let's just take a deep breath and realize good teams lose to bad teams. The Dodgers have lost a series to the Nationals, too. This isn't just a Mets thing. It was just a rough weekend. Yeah, it's just a rough weekend. And then if you want to look at it and, and deep dive and analyze all the different things that happened this weekend. Yeah, you know, you had Scherzer come out early. You had the bullpen got a little exposed. And that's something that we know is a Mets weakness. And it's not necessarily the back end, guys. It's not anytime you hear a trumpet or even, you know, Lugo, Adovino. adovino has been unbelievable. 34 straight games of, you know, just dominance. And, you know, those these are the guys that you're counting on to to rally keep this team in first place but at the same time you've got to find a way to get to that situation so when these starters come out early and you're thinking all right who's up next they have guys on the mend you know mcgill being able to be that long man and and be able to eat up two innings in a dominant form and get the ball to you know the back end of the bullpen that's going to help immensely they have a bunch of different options there's a bunch of different ways that they can you know move this rotation around and if they want to go a six-man rotation that's something that i don't think met fans would sit back and go oh no what are we doing right here i think it is something that could help this team because each and every night out for that night only, you have a guy that's, uh, you know, capable of putting up ace type stuff, ace type numbers or guys who have been aces in their careers at several different points. So I'm not worried about this Mets team, you know, the, the hitting over those last 12 games, they went six and six. They only scored 36 runs. So that's do the math. It's very simple. 12 games, 36 runs, that's three runs a game. And they still went six and six. So this team was built on pitching right now. You're going against the pirates and your scheduled starters are Taiwan Walker, Jacob DeGrom and Chris Bassett. Uh, I like my chances right there already. And you know, that these Mets bats will break out and hopefully break out in a big way where everybody can have a huge sigh of relief. The problem has been is that when the Mets win, the Braves win. When the Mets lose, the Braves win. I know that doesn't seem possible, but every time you look back and you, it's it's the Braves are constantly finding ways to take advantage. Every time the Mets lose a game, they find a way to win a game and they climb back in the standings. And they're very, very close. They're right there at one game. So I'm not going to panic if they're a half game out of first place and they're in second place and we're still in the first week of September, Jake. So I think right now you're hoping that this team just gets back on track yeah, a little reset here after the poor performance over the weekend. You get a reset in Pittsburgh. There's not much to do and get in trouble with. So I, I like my chances and I feel bad for the Pirates on the next three days. Usually you say win series. It would be huge if they could sweep. Now, doubleheaders are hard to sweep. But when you got, you know, your best pitchers on the hill, you should be able to do so. So Mets really should sweep. They should really go five and one this week, you know, versus the Pirates and the Marlins. 
ideally six and oh, but you got to try to go five and one figgy. And listen, this team is 85 and 50. Like the Braves are just playing at an incredible pace at 84 and 51 right now. So for the fans are like, oh, this team's quit. This is happening. The Braves are just playing great. I mean, since June 1st, the Braves are 61 and 24 to the Mets 50 and 33. I mean, 61 and 24. There's not much you can do about that. And yes, we're putting emphasis, win the division. You've had the lead. You got to win the division. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I still think the Mets are going to win the division, but the Braves win the division. You already are going to hear it from Mets fans of, oh my God, what a pathetic season. This team reeled us in and sucked us out. There's a very good chance the Mets win 105 games and still do not win the division. It's just one of those years. It reminds you of like the 80s, Figgy, like when the Mets like missed the playoffs in 85 before my time, but had a tremendous season. These kind of things happen. Unfortunately, there was no wild card then for them to make the playoffs. Now is a wild card. And not only is it wild card, it's best two out of three. So if the Mets were to lose game one of a wild card, they still get two more chances to win. So it's not all hope out the window if they don't win the division, but let's hope they just beat these teams they should because after all they've reeled us in this year, would love to have that little buy and what team needs it more than the Mets, right? Like they need that rest while those wild card teams duke it out. They need uh, a couple of days off, Iggy. So I don't know. We'll see how the stretch plays out, but you know, you just got to beat the teams you should. You're allowed to have one low weekend like they did, but it can't repeat in Pittsburgh and it can't repeat in Miami. And it definitely can't repeat when Chicago and Pittsburgh come here next week for the final kind of long homestand of the season. Yeah, no, again, you have a little reset. I'm sure, you know, Buck is going to give a customary, you know, let's let's get back on track kind of meeting right before batting practice. They go out there get ready for another ball game and just play fundamental baseball, you know, make sure that you are, are are doing things the right way, not not looking for extraordinary events to happen. You're just wanting to continue to do what you guys did well, the, gave you that lead throughout the first half. Do you remember Buck at all when you when he was your manager doing that kind of thing, like giving it? I know he's not rah-rah, but when you were on a losing streak in 2000, do you ever remember him putting on some kind of speech or flipping a table? Oh, no. he. You know what it is with Buck? Buck is very, like, hands-on personable, and he can he knows who he needs to pat on the back and who he needs to kick in the ass. He knows how to do that. And what he's really good at is maybe a little quip, you know, like, hey, you uh, you guys going to start hitting anytime soon? Or, hey, you know, little things like that where he keeps it light. But at the same time, you know, there's some seriousness behind his voice. And that's that's one of the things that makes him such a good manager. He, He never is one of those guys that sits back and goes, you know, when I played, this is what I did. That never will come out of Buck's mouth. But at the same time, he'll give you a reference of, you know, when I was managing this team, when I was managing this player, you know, he went through a a similar streak and he has all that experience and all that knowledge that you can see since day one, a guy like Lindor has just gravitated right to Buck, right to his side on every single play that happens in the field. Boom. As soon as Lindor gets in, first thing he does is sit there and talk to him. And this is something reminiscent to me of how when Beltron used to come into the dugout all the time and, you know, talk baseball with the manager instantly to just see what kind of vibe, you know, the manager's on. What is he thinking? Is he thinking two, three innings ahead? Uh, you know, just thinking about matchups. And in this day of analytics where, you know, it, it's all drawn up on a piece of paper and a little index card in their back pocket, 
sometimes there's a gut feel involved in a lot of these things. And you want to make sure that the human element is in there where, you know, Buck is looking around and he's trying to give guys an opportunity to win jobs and win roles. And so that's what you're seeing with a lot of this is that while there's no panic city at the same time, you want to be able to say, Hey, we went to you the first two weeks of September. You didn't get the job done like hell. We're going to go to you in the last two weeks of September. But if you get the job done in the first two weeks of September and this team is still in a playoff contender and a world series contender, I don't think, you know, the weekend isn't significant enough to be like, Oh my God, this team is washed up. There's a reset coming. You got the starters that you want in place. You, you know, get the ball to Edwin Diaz a couple of times and life will be good. That's what you'll see. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried yet, but you know, the offense is inconsistent and I think Vianto should be here. I don't think this team should be worried about his trade value. I get he only plays third base, but this team needs kind of an injection in the lineup. There's not many options. They need an option and he's the guy. I love Gore's speed. I love his story, but this guy's not going to play at all. He's not going to get any starts in the outfield in a playoff push unless somebody gets hurt. That's the only reason Gore's playing or he's a pinch runner. So I, I don't like them not calling up Vientos. They got good news on Alvarez that he won't be out for the season, won't need surgery. So he's still an option down the road as they continue to not get enough production out of catcher. But for a team that's struggling, I know Escobar had a few big hits and a homer over the weekend and He's just got to do something. I mean, Escobar, you love him. Great character guy, but he's got to live up. Not that they paid him a ton, but he's got to live up to the contract that they gave him. And he has been terrible at the plate this year. And down a playoff push, you need your veterans figgy to step up. And Escobar is really an X factor on this team. If he could be the power hitter that he was and the former all-star that he was coming here, he could make up for a bad season with a pretty big month when the Mets need him most with Brett Beatty out until what looks like sometime in October. Yeah, and, and that and that's a great thing to have, right? We talked about when, you know, the trade deadline was here and you go, oh, you got DeGrom coming back, but you need a reliever. Well, having DeGrom back because he, he he's able to get you into the seventh innings, like having a middle reliever brought in there. And then, you know, shares are backing, you know, going after him or before him. You're going to have two games in a row where these guys are going to go seven. So you don't, you didn't need another reliever. Um, I think the Escobar thing, it, it could be a blessing in disguise where, you know what, is it the pressure? of New York. We've heard that a million times over. Is it, you know, all, all the other elements because he, he's not getting on track? We saw it with Lindor last year, but at the same time, Escobar jumped into a role this weekend because he, he was needed. He hits a home run from the left side, hits a home run from the right side. He's the kind of guy that, yeah, he can get hot and can get streaky. And if he does, you know, it changes everything um, for him and for the Mets season because that's what they were hoping to get out of him from the very beginning. And I'm excited to see McGill back. But really, as we talk about infield, Piggy, Luis Guillorme, want to talk about X factors. I didn't think this team would miss him as much as they do right now. I mean, you know, not just just a better, you know, an improved bat, but his defense, everything he brings to the table. My God, he re starts his rehab Tuesday. You hope the latest you get him back is by Monday against the Cubs next week when the Mets return home. But Luis Guarme's return cannot be understated. He is an important factor. And when you get to that bottom of the lineup and you got to get through him, who you know is going to give a long at bat, a guy who's famously given whatever it was, 20 pitch at bats and will stay up there in a while, work counts, tire pitchers out. That's a kind of hitter that they need at the bottom of the order when you're throwing the guys that they have been out there and the likes of, you know, Nito McCann. He is huge coming back to the team and allows you to play Escobar more part-time. And then if you need him, 
you know, bring them up off the bench to pinch it for McCann. It, it strengthens their bench. It strengthens their lineup when Luis Gore made back. And I knew that was going to fall at some point today. And there it goes. Uh, luckily, it didn't hit me in the head because I already puked and rallied earlier today uh, eating a sandwich, not even from drinking or anything. I, I puked out my uh, turkey wrap, turkey Swiss. And uh, you do uh, know that's a cry for help, right? It, it was weird. I like I ate it. And within 15 minutes, I was getting nauseous. And then I puked. Does that mean I have diabetes? Like, what the hell happened? Anyways, take you're allergic away. to Swiss. You didn't even know it. Lactose intolerant. Anyways, it's now worth 43 bucks because it's yeah, the ground. Damn, I hope it didn't ruin it. We're at Mets Willits Point Station. Amazing but true. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa talking about the Mets on the mend with, as I said, McGill being one of them in six strikeouts, two innings. I mean, this guy could end up being the seventh inning guy that the Mets have hoped and needed. Lugo, McGill, Adovino, Trumpets. That's a whole different bullpen than Trevor May slash, you know, Medina, Ons de Ponce, whoever the guy was, Joely Rodriguez. Who was the guy the other night? Ons de Ponce. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pull up his name. I, I never heard. Br- Brents Montes de Oca. That was the, the guy who came in in the night. He hardly even knew you. Figgy, this bullpen is rejuvenated. If you throw a dominant McGill for three outs come October. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's one of the, we we saw it. Remember when uh, Syndergaard when they had that chance in 2015 to use him in the bullpen? It was just a you know 100 mile an hour fastball and nasty stuff. Never was McGill ever thought to be that kind of pitcher, but he has gotten so much better and so much more understanding working with these other horses in front of him that you didn't miss Jacob Degrom in the first half. We we really have forgotten about Tyler McGill and how well he was pitching. And now he's pitching, only having to face the lineup maybe once in a relief role. And then I I think it just makes him even better. It makes the Mets uh, bullpen even stronger. Amazing, but true. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa. Mike Puma's coming up. But I think, Figgy, we should do We haven't done a trip to the academy, a legit academy trip in a while. So I think we should do that coming up next. But we'll tell you the Mets face the Pirates for three. The Marlins for three before returning home. They got the Cubs and the Pirates coming here for Brewers, A's, Marlins, Braves, Nationals. The Braves in Oakland. And this is what scares you. This is why you got to be Pittsburgh. Two against the A's, not three. Thank God, because the A's are an abomination. But then three in the Mariners. This could be a big weekend for the Mets if they just take care of business and get help from a Mariners team that looks like they're going to the playoffs. This could be a monster week for the Mets to get a couple of games back that they've lost. Then they get the Giants and Phillies. Giants who just swept the Phillies. And this is the problem. Like, you look at the Braves' schedule, you're like, look, they got to play the Phillies a bunch of these other teams. The Phillies could be trash or could be great. You just never know what the Phillies are going to do. I could see the Braves winning all those games against the Phillies. Like, just because that's a team over 500, it doesn't mean that the Braves are going to lose to them. They're not really losing to anyone. They're a scary, scary bunch right now well mike poom will join us a few but coming up next on amazing but true we'll take a trip to the nelson figueroa spanish academy some days the baseball gods you go no way get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Bienvenidos, mi gente. 
We are now entering the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Dieta restringida. Oh my God. Dieta. Is that even Spanish? Oh, did I just roll my R? I think you rolled a T. It was awful. <laughs> Manejando borracho. Manejando borracho. Why did it sound like you got zapped? Well, I'm trying to switch up the tongue rotations and get it get the tongue right. You gotta believe. Tienes que creer. Tienes que creer. You make it sound so good. I just can't roll the R's, but otherwise. Awful. Bore tienes que creer. Amen. How do you say amen? Uh, you just said it. I can't remember this stuff. It is hard. You just say yes. We, uh, si. There you go. I knew you could do it. Bienvenidos, mi gente, a la Academia de Español con Nelson Figueroa y el estudiante de año, Jacobo Café, Jake Brown. So, Jake Brown, we are going to start out on this Labor Day edition of the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. So, easy one to start, Panic City. Ciudad de Pánico. Ciudad de Pánico. See? Too easy. There's no R's in it. There's no confusion it's very simple ciudad de pánico ciudad de pánico easy enough now the second one we heard about you having a upset tummy and having to get rid of your uh what, what was that a nothing gets rid of an upset tummy from a turkey swiss spinach wrap than a street festival lobster roll and butter. so our next you're Connecticut too. Like, here's the thing: if you the warm lobster roll, Hearts is shaking its head. Hearts is probably a loser. You're a cold guy, Hearts, huh? The warm is so much better with the butter. I'm a cold guy. I I, I prefer a nice cold chill. Tell me why? Just because it, it it's more refreshing when you have a warm lobster roll. Then you have to worry about the bread being you know uh, warm or it could get a little mushy. Just keep it simple with the cold. The city field cold one is great. Keep it simple. <sighs> The warm just tastes, but it has a better taste. And then the cold has other ingredients in it. Just like, just give me the lobster and the butter, all the unhealthy stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I cured it with the lobster roll and then fried Oreos. Like, like oh this, my God. this is what happens. My dietician didn't call the time she was supposed to at 2 30. They so- called me all other times. We played phone tag. They haven't left a voicemail. So I get calls and it's just as healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. Tell, leave me a message. Tell That's me what sign. you're trying to say. That's a sign. Healthcare yeah, well, is enough. I guess got to push. Should. I got to keep pushing it off. She should have known. I was at nine Mets games in ten days. I went to every game except Sunday, which like I made the right choice because what a dump show that was. Back to the academy. Lobster roll, arroyo de langosta. Oh my god, Luis Royas. Let's say it again. Arroyo de langosta. One more time. Arroyo de langosta. Arroyo. De- <laughs> Wow. That, God, that sounded like it hurt. Royal de la Costa. What is Arroyo? Bronson Ro- Arroyo? <laughs> Royo de la Gota. Royo Domo Gota. Royo de la Costa. <laughs> this is a hard one. I was talking about this with someone yesterday about rolling R's. They were struggling too. Royo. 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 R O Y O? No. R O L L O. Double L's is a, is a Y. Royal de, what was the last word? Langosta. Royal de Langosta. Royal de Langosta. Royal de Langosta. Oh, such a silly Watch hard, it's hard. Your turn. You're laughing at me. Watch it. Royal de Langosta. Royal de Langosta. Bam. I think I'm just trying too hard, maybe. I'm just a try hard. Ah, and last Royal, but not least. Our, Royal la- de Langosta. Too much. Our last but not least, our word is recuperating players recuperating players, uh, players that are on the mend. 
So that comes at you with recuperando jugadores. By the way, this reminds me, ban, ban the local seven. Just make it express. The local seven is the most miserable ride. Of I don't understand time. how that reminded you of that. Well, because this is the train stop sign. It's the seven. And it stops every five blocks. It's like, My, just make the person walk. Okay. The next time healthcare calls, pick up and tell them you need to double the dosage. They didn't give any doses. They just said, eat better, you fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Recuperando jugadores. Recuperando jugadores. <laughs> Why is it as if you're holding? It's as if you're holding phlegm in the back of your throat. Like you're about to spit out the window. That's how you're trying to say it. Recuperando jugadores. See, I can't do that cool thing you do in the beginning. This is why everyone loves Bad Bunny because he could do this. I can't do it. Recuperando de jugadores. No, recuperando jugadores. Recuperando jugadores. That's not bad. Recuperando. Hogora, Hogores. Who's from Honduras? Honduras. Recuperando Hogadores. I'm listening to you and I swear I'm waiting for you to roll down the window and the hakalugi out the side. Recuperando Hogadores. Recuperando Hogadores. Ah, yes. Jacobo Cafe, the worst student I've ever had. Give, give hearts to Andrew a try. Recuperando. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. no, no. I was getting in my head. Student. Say it again for me. Por favor. <laughs> Repite, por favor. Recuperando jugadores. Recuperando. 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 Jugadores. Jugadores. Bam. Boom. Recuperando jugadores. Not even close. Ray Ordonez. Andorras. Mike Bordek, Andorras. On that note, Mike Puma. Puma. I'm trying to think of Spanish. What was what's Mike in Spanish? Miguel. Miguel. Puma. <laughs> Miguel de Puma. Well, join amazing, but true. How do you say amazing, but true? We never done that. Asombroso, pero cierto. Asombroso, pero cierto. <laughs> Not bad, but it sounded like it hurt. Coming up on Asombroso, pero percento <laughs> is Miguel Puma. Prosciutto. Um, <laughs> I give up. You would think he made a trip to Six Flags. All right, joining us now after a nice vacation. He's back and in the saddle is Mike Puma, Mets beat writer for the New York Post at NYPost underscore Mets. Read his stories in the Post and NYPost.com. You got some color, Puma. How was, uh, how was the beaches in Maryland? It was nice. Yeah, yeah, I got a little color down there, down the beach, the pool. The kids did some parasailing, played some mini golf, walked the boardwalk. Good week away. Productive. Well, while you were away, a lot of Mets fans are walking the boardwalk off the bridge and into, and into the Hudson River as uh, fans have entered Panic City as the oh, lead boy. is down to one game in the division. Not me, but there are a lot of people on Mets Twitter, which luckily you missed over your trip, who are panicking right now. Puma with a one-game lead entering the start of a three-game set that is Tuesday, thanks to a rain out when there was no rain on Monday, much to your dismay. Is it time for fans to panic or not yet? It depends if you're a glass half full or half empty person. Listen, you've got a one-game lead in the division on the Braves. You have an easier schedule than the Braves who are out west right now. They're going to play Oakland, Seattle, and San Francisco out there. That that could be a little bit of a slog, and they still have uh, two series left against the Phillies. So, listen, I know you don't want to hear about the schedule at this point after losing two out of three to the Nationals, but over the long haul here, 
I really think the, the Mets have a lot of teams that aren't playing for anything right now on their schedule. And I, I think over, you know, we're talking about a month here. I, I think that's going to play out in, in their favor. Panic City usually happened because you were nowhere close to being in first place or uh, you were in first place for no good reason. That was, you know, last year where that team was not built to win the way that this team is. And they did what they had to do against the Dodgers. Everybody was on a high and very quickly, very much on a low. So it, it's a lull, I would say, over the weekend. And let's see how they bounce back against lowly Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is we're, we're talking about a team. It's not like they've lost seven out of nine or something like that. I mean, they're playing relatively well. The Braves are are playing better right now. We're, you know, there's nothing they can do about that. But I don't think that there's any cause for panic. You know, what the other thing is, they still have the safety net of the wild card. Now, obviously, you want to win the division, avoid playing those those extra wild card games if, if you can. But worst case scenario, you're getting in as the wild card. So to go full-fledged panic, I think that you're going overboard at this point. Yeah, in the wild card, you would have, you know, best two out of three, and you have DeGrom and Scherzer out there. And speaking of Scherzer, worried about this leaving early left side? I know it's precautionary, but does it uh, worry you down the stretch here that it could be something more serious? I think you have to have some measure of concern that maybe it's it's, it's going to pop up. And the, 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 I guess the thing you really worry about now is how it, it's, it's going to affect his starts going forward is, you know, is he going to be a five and fly guy? Uh, because they want to preserve them. And listen, you you have to make sure this guy is healthy for October. So if that's what it takes, you do it. But at the same time, if if he can only give you five, you know, five and a third, whatever, you're going to be wearing out that bullpen a little bit. Mike Puma's with us, NY Post underscore Mets on Twitter. Follow him there. Have you had uh, the only other, other thing we should worry about is if the Mets have too much Permanente bros and have the runs during the game on Tuesday. What say you? Have you had your Permanente bros yet? That that's not my cup of tea. I I don't go over there. I'm not I'm not big. I, you know, uh, at the ballpark, I'll indulge myself. I like uh, Manny's Barbecue. Manny Sanguin's got a, a place yes, over sir. at at uh, PNC Park, and I like the uh, the pierogi, the pulled pork pierogi uh, sandwich that they have over. But Fermanti Brothers, I, I think I've I've had it a couple of times. I think it's a, a little overrated. What else do you do there? I mean, that's all I know. <laughs> Outside of the stadium, what do you eat? What do you do in Pittsburgh? There's not a lot to do. I mean, I'll go to dinner, from, you know, find something to eat, come back, watch some college football, and that's about it. So Labor Day, Puma, you're not out drinking with the boys. It's not like you and Tim Healy pounding back brews without having to worry to wake up early Tuesday. That's not your style. Because I know Heyman, Sherman, they go back to the room. Room, they're they're professional. They go back to business. You don't go out party. Uh, you know, I'm a one margarita guy at the bar for a nightcap. <laughs> that's about it. That's that's about as far as I go. Uh, you know what? The best is Jake. Jake with the backhanded compliment because he brings up the other two names and he goes, "They're professionals." What do you do? <laughs> That's your problem. I know you're a professional, but no, I didn't no, know that's not what you said. Guy. Though, so at least that's you have the margarita. You, you know, John might just have the diet coke. You'll at least have yes. the margarita on him. Yeah, listen, those guys they they know when to say when. It's all in moderation. <laughs> and as you just finished saying, Pittsburgh is not a lot to do. But I tell you what, I, I I've always enjoyed Pittsburgh because of the way that the fan base, everything is black and yellow. Everything is right down in the same area. You go over the bridge, and all the you know all the uh, stadiums and ballparks are right there. So it's it's a cool environment for a sports fan. And uh, yeah, there are some stuff to do and, and places to see there, but it's definitely not like oh my god, it's like New York or L.A. Right. So. There's a few things. There's the Warhol Museum is over here, and 
you know, you talk about the the bridges. Actually, the one big disappointment: the Clemente Bridge is closed for uh, renovation, so you can't even what? walk over the Clemente Bridge to the ballpark, which is you know something I know a lot of fans look forward to when they come here. And before uh, Timmy Trumpet, uh, of course, the saxophone player guy who would be on the on the bridge and he would rank on you as you're walking by. He'd see you and you could recognize, you know, who the ball players are. He would be playing a saxophone and people are tipping him. And if you walk by him, he'd be like, "This just in on ESPN, cheap ass ball player doesn't want to give tip to saxophone player." <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh, he would he would wear you out because he see you every day he'd say hi to you you know i was walking across with my wife and daughter in the carriage and this guy the whole time is just playing and as soon as you walk by he has to let a little quip out each and every time so that sucks that the clemente bridge isn't open that's one of the, the one of the perks is being able to walk downtown from downtown across the bridge and taking the ball game that's all i see in the backdrop of the stadium is the bridge it's like the famous bridge well speaking of renovations the mets have a couple of players on rehabilitations in Tyler McGill and Luis Guillorme. Should we expect both of them back with the team? You know, McGill, two innings, six strikeouts. He's been incredible in his two outings, looking like he could be a big bullpen piece. Should we expect them back in Miami this weekend? Uh, Miami might be a little soon. You know, I, I think I think by the next homestand, we can probably expect them. But, you know, I'm not going to rule out Miami. But I, I, I think they're leaning toward uh, the next homestand. And both, you know what, both of these guys are going to, Phil needs, obviously, uh, you know, Guillaume was playing so well before he went down. He'll slot back into the third base mix, uh, obviously, and they can kind of pick and choose where they use when they use Escobar. McGill just bottom line is they have to find a couple more arms here or at least one more arm in that bullpen. And uh, McGill gives them that chance. And, you know, we'll see w- what they do with him if they want to make him a multi-inning guy or if he's just going to be a one-inning guy. And the other guy I'm, I'm I'm keeping, you know, tabs on a little bit, Joey Lucchese. I think if they decided to bring him up, he could really fill, uh, you know, that, that lefty that lefty re- relief role that uh, Rodriguez has been so up and down in. Yeah, what's his status? Is Lucchese rehabbing right now? He, he's been making rehab appearances uh, down in the minor leagues. He's, he's pitched at least two, maybe th- two or three times. I'm Like I said, I'm coming off vacation, so I'm a, a little fuzzy on some of these details. But it, it's been two or three times he's, he's pitched in the minors so far. He's a good piece to have back. I, I think all those guys, if you can uh, – a guy like McGill, where we saw a, a velocity increase, you know, since last year even when he was put in a starting role, hitting 98, 99 miles an hour, if you can harness that as a bullpen guy, but being a bridge guy to get to the back end guys that you trust, you know, you trust – a guy like Miguel, you trust him coming into a game, you know, being able to pitch as if it's the first two innings of his ball game, um, you know, again, keeping him fresh, being able to use him maybe every third day. Um, I think that's a, a great weapon to have because I don't know if you just, you know, slot him in and replace somebody or like we said, if you want to take it easy on a guy like Scherzer and, you know, make it a six man rotation, even that that's something that is something that uh, I don't know if they are willing to go with it, but it's something that if you're going to monitor these guys work loads and their innings, then you throw Miguel in there and you don't worry about him because he was one of the biggest workhorses for this team in the first half. Yeah. And the other thing too, we got to look at is where David Peterson might fit into the equation here. Now that Carrasco's back and, uh, you know, provided that your five starters are healthy, does, does Peterson kind of figure into it somehow? Yeah. It's going to be interesting how they 
working. The other interesting question, and it still puzzles me, Puma, maybe you could help. And I know Epler gave, you know, wish-wash wording about Mark Vientos not coming up and position availability or whatever the word terms he used. I don't know. That might have been while you were on vacation, but why is this guy still not here? I know he did, he only plays third base, but the Mets have not been good at third base with Giorme out, and I guess it won't matter once Giorme's back with Beatty out to what looks like to be the playoffs. Maybe he's back in the playoffs. Vientos is crushing it. Like To me, it, it seems like they don't want to hurt his trade stock going into the offseason, but it seems like a no-brainer that he'll be up here, even though if he is up here in September call-up, he wouldn't be available for the postseason roster. Yeah, and that, you know, that could be part of it, what you said about not wanting to hurt some of his trade value. But th- the other thing you look at is how does he fit here? Now, if you bring Vientos up, who are you getting rid of? Gore? I mean, Gore's only here as a pinch runner. I mean, I like but, him. Yeah, but, that speed, fills but... A, you know, that fills a need, a pinch runner, a backup outfielder. Yeah, that type of speed. That type of speed is game-changing, game-ending type of speed late in the ball game. I think if you're bringing up Vientos, you're basically uh, saying goodbye to Ruff. And I don't, I don't think they want to do that. There's got to be a spot for him. I don't know. There's got to be something. Ruff has been terrible. I mean, that trade is looking worse by the day, and the prospects they gave up have been yeah. tremendous. Ruff, These pitching Ruff prospects look good, but you know, I, I think it, if you're bringing Vientos here, it's at his expense, and I, I don't think they want to go down that road. Interesting. I like Gore. I just think for a couple of weeks, and then maybe give Gore in the like. Do you think Gore is going to be on the playoff? Like, what do you what do you see those final playoff roster spots looking like? That's going to be something interesting. Uh, yeah, I haven't even given much thought to the postseason roster. We got a while. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Gore. You know, Gore does a couple of things where he gives you a, a back up outfield and he gives you that speed. You know, it's it's something you don't have otherwise if if you if you send him back. So and he'll be the greatest stat in sports history: three teams, three World Series rings, zero at bats potentially. If he doesn't get an at bat <laughs> in September, it would be an incredible story. Um, before we let you go, do the Mets hold on to win the division? What do you see playing out down the stretch here? I think we're going to get to Atlanta for that uh, final road series, and those games are going to mean something. I see the Mets. Uh, I'll go out on a limb. I see the Mets wrapping it up that final game in Atlanta. That was just a kiss of death for the Mets, by the ah, way. There it is. <laughs> But no, I I I think th- those Atlanta games are going to mean something. So uh, you know, I I, I see it, I see it going right down to the wire. Mike Puma, follow him on Twitter at nypost underscore Mets. Read him in the post nypost.com. Enjoy the trip in Pittsburgh, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. All right, thanks. Could be W for women or or Wal- Walgreens. Oh, my boy. first job. All right, all right, all right. That says Bonsoir, episode 120 of Amazing But True on New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Gracias a ti, Jake. And to Andrew Hartz for producing the show, as always. Catch up on all episodes of Amazing But True by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Write in a nice review, please, on Apple. And we appreciate your support, as always. For Nelson Figueroa, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back next Monday. Only a couple of Mondays left in, of your season until we, as playoffs come, we'll do twice a week, Figgy. And football begins this week. Tune into Gangs All Here and the Blue Rush podcast coming back in the saddle. You, you'll hear me at least on Gangs All Here. Seven wins, I say, the Jets. Seven wins, and I say the Giants, also seven. I think both of them are going to be lucky number sevens, and not lucky for the playoffs.
because they both will miss the playoffs. And uh, shout out to Kelsey Whitmore getting her first hit. A big moment, a line drive base hit in the left. I know you felt like a proud papa when that happened. Oh, absolutely. I, it was a long time coming. She's busted her butt, worked hard to do it. And uh, only two at-bats I've not filmed this whole year. I decided to switch it up. I left the dugout while she was up to bat. And sure enough, she got the hit. So from now on, whenever she's up, I'm moving down to the bullpen so I can watch. You are officially the bad luck charm. So <laughs> keep, keep you away from the dugout when she comes to the play. Well, a couple of weeks up there and a month left in this magical Mets season. Go out and beat the Pirates. Go out and beat the bums in Miami. Maybe go 6-0. and How about that? Come back to City Field next week, 6-0, and still in first place, and stop all, you know, not all, but some of Mets Twitter from losing their hair and becoming bald like me because there's no time yet to panic. For Nels Figaro, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back next Monday before that series when the Mets play the Cubs here at City Field. Figgy, happy Labor Day to everyone. Happy, uh, everyone's saying hacks. Like, summer's over. Had a great summer. You know, have a great, had a great, we still got two weeks left of summer and this heat is still going strong. I was sweating today. I mean, I sweat every day, but He's sweating, sweating extra on. on Monday. So let's, you know, let's enjoy. We still got two weeks left. I know football changes things and people going back to school. I get it, but summer is still going on here as I'll shut up now. Thank Piggy, you. As always, let's, let's go, go mess. In unison. Hacks. Hacks. Had a great summer. No natitude was seen. Nationals fans suck. I got to say, <laughs> it's almost a non-existent fan base.